0: You're listening to the Delvin Cox Experience. It's about time. welcome to the experience. Welcome to the, welcome welcome to the to Delvin the experience. Cox Experience, the podcast in which each week I'm on a one man mission to unite our culture through diversity. I'm your host, Delvin Cox. With me today is a special lady. You, may, you guys may know her as Super Listeners Chad's wife, but you will know her today after the day as Jen Fackler. Welcome to the experience, Jen.
1: Thank you. I appreciate oh. you having me.
0: Awesome, awesome. As always, we like to start the podcast off with the five for five. Five questions, five answers to get the ball rolling. Jen, are you ready? I am ready. Okay, question number one. What is their favorite album to listen to this year?
1: Favorite album to listen to? Probably um Toby Mac or Imagine Dragons.
0: Okay, that's a good answer. There
1: you go. I okay. I've gotten into both of them more and more. Um, I know Gabe from Married to the Games talks a lot about Toby Max. So Chad and I kind of looked him up, and we've been enjoying the heck out of that group.
0: Okay, that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. That's the weekly Married to the Games right? <laughs> mentioned on the podcast. <laughs> Ta-da. Nothing wrong with that. Question number two. Yeah. What's the best movie you've seen this year? <sighs>
1: We just watched Wonder Woman, so I'm kind of enamored with that right now. Oh, you just saw it? Yeah, uh yesterday. Oh, it's it's great, isn't it? Yes, I liked it very much. I used to watch the Linda Carter Wonder Woman, and mm-hmm. I loved that when I was a kid, but this this can go along with I can I can stomach the new one.
0: That's that's sure. awesome. That is definitely awesome. Question number three. What is your favorite food to eat?
1: All of them. (laughs) Um, I Chad and I are foodies. Um, so I'm gonna say I like um foods from different cultures because they use flavors differently than we do. So um I, yeah, favorite food. How about Hushang uh,
0: pork? That's a good answer. I like that answer. It's unique, <laughs> I like it. I like Thanks. it a lot. Okay, question number four. Yeah. What's the dumbest thing you've done as a kid?
1: The dumbest thing I've done as a kid? Oh, yes. Lord. Um, okay, so I have an older brother and an older sister. And my dad was a super, an assistant superintendent for a school district. And for his birthday, we decided to go, um, crepe paper and balloon the board of education building. Oh, well, wow. yeah, it was like 10 o'clock at night. The cops drive by think we're toilet papering it. We got called out. It was not good.
0: <laughs> did you get any trouble for it
1: once they figured out what was going on we were fine but there was the obligatory 10 o'clock at night phone call to my mom and dad we have your kids this is the police yeah
0: they're going to prison
1: <laughs> yeah your, your kids are done
0: <laughs> oh that's awesome okay question number five yeah. zombie apocalypse just starts All right. Take five things with you. What are you taking? Um, my go bag.
1: (laughs) What's a go Uh, bag? (laughs) Um we actually have backpacks and they have um freeze-dried food, flashlights, batteries, things like that, because we live in a small town. So if we lose power we have essentials in one place that we know where it is
0: that is so, awesome
1: yeah it just it it helps us we know exactly where everything is and we've had a few instances where we've lost power for a few days so so i would okay let's pretend i don't have one of those
0: for a second i thought you were going to say we had a few incidents where zombies came and attacked our town <laughs> right.
1: Walking down the street. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the zombie apocalypse comes. I would take a bow and arrow. Can answer. Um, my Leatherman.
0: What's a Leatherman? For those who don't know,
1: a multi-tool.
0: Okay, cool.
1: Pliers, knife, all the stuff you, screwdrivers, different things like that. So Leatherman, bow and arrow. Um, yeah. Gallon of water. Okay. That way you have the jug and the water. My dog and Chad.
0: That's good. Can guessing. I take them with me? Well, you don't have to take Chad because Chad, cause hopefully, Chad's walking. So you have to carry Chad out. The dog, <laughs> I can understand. Oh, bicycle. A bicycle.
1: I will take Ch- a bicycle instead of Chad.
0: That's an excellent answer. Hey, oh, yeah. You you'd probably survive a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> right. <laughs> Me you've, and the cockroaches. Yeah, you've, you've described everything that you can possibly need for a zombie apocalypse. A boy arrow that with, right. water, a water jug to fill it back up when you need it. Right. Yeah, tools. You hit yeah. it right on the head. I don't, I don't think I have ever got an answer that good. In a bicycle, <laughs> just so you don't have to worry about fuel.
1: Right,
0: that's awesome.
1: There you go. You can come over to my house, and you can you can come hide out, and we'll just start a little band of people with bicycles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely fine with that. <laughs> good, good. So, Jen, how did it all start? Right now, you're going to be doing something really big soon, right? Let everybody know what that is.
1: I am. Um, I am going to be going over the edge for the Victory Center. I live near Toledo and a fundraiser they do. This is the second year they're doing it Um, as an incentive to help raise money for the Victory Center. If you meet your goal, they will allow you to repel 16 stories down the Toledo Edison building. Wow. Um, Yeah. Um, Last year, Chad saw it on the news and he mentioned it to me. Because he knew I would think it was cool. Well, little did he know that that was going to snowball into me wanting to do it. And um, I have raised enough money to actually go over the edge. I'm working on going toward my goal of $2,500. The Victory Center is is a um, cause near and dear to my heart. Um, What they do is provide non-medical services to cancer patients. So they do reflexology, massage, Reiki. They do one-on-one therapy sessions. They do group therapy sessions. They do wig fittings. They do yoga. All the things that serve the soul while the body is being treated.
0: Wow, that's a really important. And it's crazy that you say that because it touches me my heart because my family has been wrecked by cancer. And I kid you not when I say that. You don't know how much, how important it is to see people doing things like this. Excellent. Great. Because it's very important to, you know, just like, I'm just, I'm just thinking about it right now, how important it is because not to get too personal, but my f- uncle right now is dealing with cancer.
1: I'm sorry
0: yeah it's it's yeah it's and it's it seems like everybody's family has that one family member who's dealing with something like similar to cancer, and it's just it's tough on them, so when you have people out there who open up their hearts to do things like this, it's amazing absolutely and it's very important
1: i I think so too. Chad phrased it really well in a tweet. And he said that the Victory Center is there to help people through the worst days of their life. And you have to think about if you were sick, confused, frightened, really going through something horrible. And someone offered you their hand and said, I want to help you. And that's what the Victory Center does. So that's why this is just really important to me.
0: That's amazing. Have you ever done something like this before? You're going to literally go over a ledge.
1: Correct. The way I've been explaining it to people is if you watch a movie and the SEAL time team, you know, like jumps out and they go hoo, 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 down the building, that's what I'm going to do. A lot slower, but but that's what we're able to do. It's really cool.
0: But have you ever uh, done anything similar to that? I have. Oh. Um,
1: I was in ROTC in college. And so we had the opportunity to rappel out of the rafters, out of an arena.
0: And that was cool. cool. Right? definitely cool.
1: And then in high school, I actually got to rappel off a cliff in um, Colorado. And it was 150 feet. Now this rappel is going to be 225 feet, 16 stories.
0: That is cool. So what tips did did they tell you anything or how to do it? Did they tell you like, hey. You got to do this. You got to do that. Oh, for sure.
1: Um, the company that runs these fundraisers is called Over the Edge. Um, they carry the insurance. They do the training. They have all the equipment. You have a one-hour training session um, before you actually go over the edge. Um, I will be wearing a GoPro on my helmet. So they're going to train me on the GoPro. Um And when I get done, I will have a memory stick with all of the footage from the GoPro.
0: That is so cool.
1: Right? You're excited, huh? Oh, I I am floored. Um, I guess, okay, this is August. So I think it was probably June when they opened up the registration. And I looked at Chad and I said do you care if I do this? And he goes, no, I don't care. I don't know if he didn't think I was serious or if he just really didn't consider what I was doing and the gravity of it. And now it's spread so wildfire through Twitter and and other things like that. And so the longer I keep going, the more excited I am.
0: So let's get into that. Okay. Okay. Chad has yes. been a big integral part into you getting this money to do it because he he has been speaking from the mountaintop on this is this cool thing you're doing. Help support her. And it's literally like you're supporting your wife going over a ledge. That right. has to be nerve wracking some at some point.
1: Um he's he has said, yes, he's very nervous about it. Um, he's been joking with everyone that he keeps raising my, my life insurance every couple of weeks, you know, (laughs) so it doesn't look fishy that, you know, it goes up all of a sudden. Um, but here's the thing, Chad and I will have been married 20 years in November. And he knows that sometimes I do crazy things and he has always, always, always backed me up.
0: That's amazing. How did you guys first meet?
1: Um, so he worked at a bar, but he worked in the deli. And he had won tickets to a Renaissance Festival. So he went into the bar to ask for the day off. Um, I worked at a screen printing company. And I went to see my friend, who was a bartender, at the same bar. Ah. So she introduced us and said, you guys are both really cool. You'll have fun. Give each other heck. And so we sat there and talked. And um, he explained that he had just won tickets to the Renaissance Festival. And I said, oh, you'll love it. They're so cool. And he said, well, why don't you take me? Or why don't you come with me? Um, Because I don't know you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But that was two weeks later. Um, We drove two and a half hours down to the Renaissance Festival. We went with friends. And one of them said, how long have you guys been dating? And we both look at our watch. We're like, what time is it now? (laughs) (laughs) So that was our first date. So Chad's a little chumper. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. He, he's not like outwardly romantic, going to show up with flowers all day, every day. But he says like the right thing at the right time and it just melts
0: my heart. Oh, That's so cool. So, and you guys been together ever since then? Yes. That's crazy. Did y'all ever think that friend that just introduced y'all like that?
1: Oh, yeah, and and she is so proud of that. She's like, I introduced them, and they're still
0: together. <laughs> that's like a Lifetime Achievement Award right there. Right, for sure. Man, yeah. awesome. So do you guys have any kids together?
1: We do not. Um, we are dog people, um, but okay. it just wasn't in the cards to, to have any children.
0: Well, dogs are the same thing. <laughs> dogs. All head for. What kind of dogs you guys have?
1: Uh, right now we have a mutt named Gracie. Um she is literally put together out of God's spare parts box. Um, wow. long legs, chunky body, little teeny head and floppy ears and a long thin tail.
0: That sounds adorable. <laughs> She's
1: cute. She's a dork though. She's got more personality than a lot of humans. <laughs>
0: So is, you guys have always been like dog lovers. You guys never had any cats or anything about like that? Um,
1: I had a cat when we met. We've had cats off and on, but really we're both just dog people. And we've gotten really lucky. We've had two, we've had three rescues. Um, one didn't work out so well, um, but the first one we had was Otto. And he was the most special dog. He was incredible. And he was mellow and calm and very chill. And Gracie um, is also a rescue. And she's a clown. She's <laughs> just goofy. And she'll make you laugh. And she's loving. She's a very cool dog, too. That's
0: awesome. So you said you live in a small town. What What's it like living in a small town, a small community where you said, like, power goes out? It's like a normal occurrence almost. No, not not normal, but
1: it's been known to happen. Um, Yes. And the funny thing is, um, I grew up in Cincinnati.
0: That's not a small town.
1: (laughs) Not a small town. And um, I went to college in a medium-sized town. And I remember looking at my dad and saying, are you kidding me? This, This is where you're leaving me? This is the middle of nowhere. Well, then I met Chad and I said, where are you from? And he told me and I go, where, where is that? Um, and so actually the day before my wedding, um, my dad was driving me out to where we now live. Um, and, and we're going past cornfields, cattle farm, horse farm, soybean farm. And he looks at me and he goes, are you Sure. (laughs) and I'm like yes it's okay I've adjusted um I love a small town because here you can perfect the art of doing nothing you can just be calm you don't have traffic you don't have um the crime you don't have and that's atypical I'm sure but um we can sit on our porch and the neighbors walk by and that ends up in a 45 minute conversation. It's just, it's, it's a nice place to kick back and kind of be a little more calm.
0: That explains a lot. I guess that explains why Chad is so much into podcasting because it's such a small area and podcasting kind of opens the world up to you. Are you also in the podcast like he is?
1: Um, Okay. I'm learning. Okay. Um. His job is very computer-based. And so he um, uses the podcast to occupy his mind while he's doing a, a pretty routine job. So uh, what what podcasters provide for him is um, really a way to kind of get through the day and to get his um, stimulation for the day. So... Um, he loves it. He loves interacting with podcasters and, and really carrying on conversations and, and getting involved in the conversations. Um, I am technologically defunct. <laughs> <laughs> I am so bad at like Twitter. He had to set up the video conference for me. I just it's not my shtick. So he's teaching me how to do Twitter. And um, he pulls up the podcasts so I can hear him. Um, and And that is one thing. <laughs> I don't know how to use Twitter. So if someone retweets over the edge stuff or any of my posts or has a conversation with me, if I don't respond correctly... It's not because I'm a jerk. It's because I have no idea what
0: I'm doing. <laughs> no. I always appreciate Twitter because Twitter, I almost want to say even more so than Facebook or Instagram, opens up a whole new world to you. For sure. Because you you get it like, for example, with this podcast and with Twitter alone, I've met so many great people yeah. like myself, like Chad, just so many great people I've met. And I may have not never seen their faces, but I've had hour-long, two-hour-long conversations with them about life. And I know almost everything about them. And it's such a cool, I think we were in such a cool time right now where you can do that. Absolutely. Whereas yeah. we and, were growing up, that wasn't there. No. no. Go on and no. see what you're going to say.
1: I, and especially what you and I are doing right now. I'm looking you in the eyes and we're having a conversation. Uh, Where are you based?
0: Miami, Florida.
1: Okay. And I'm in Northwest Ohio. There you go. And we're having a conversation like we're sitting on the porch. So this is a very cool time. Technology has really opened doors.
0: Yeah. And I think we kind of grew up in the same generation in, in the terms of like, that stuff wasn't around, like period, like- The most complex thing you probably see was a a Apple or Macintosh computer that was black and white and like had like um, like dots. Right.
1: So like Oregon Trail and an Atari 2600.
0: Exactly. And (laughs) and now you can literally play that stuff on your phone.
1: Right. Yeah. Oi. And I don't. I don't know how to do probably half of the stuff that, well, probably 95% of the things that are out there that are technology driven. I look at Chad and I say, do you know how to do this? (laughs) And if he doesn't know how to do it, it's not, not getting done.
0: Chad seems like he's very computer savvy, to say the least.
1: He is. um, He is one
0: of those people that
1: knows some about everything. You know, Chad, my car broke down. Oh, well, let's go take a look at it. I may not be able to fix it, but I'll bang around on it. He knows, um, like uh, electrical work in a house. He knows, um, history. He knows politics. He's just very well-rounded.
0: That's cool. So as for yourself, are you that well-rounded or where did you get your education in school at?
1: Okay. Um, I am well-rounded, but it's absolutely experience. Um, I dropped out of college.
0: I congratulations.
1: Yay! Become <laughs> diplomas from the School of Hard Knocks. Exactly. <laughs> right. Um, I I finally found what I want to be when I grow up, and I'm very lucky in that respect. A lot of people never find what they're really here for um i am a certified dementia trainer and um a certified activity director so i work with older adults and specialize in helping people with dementia and alzheimer's um get get through life and and have a a higher quality of life Um, so I've I've done education little by little and certification by certification and day after day because it's always something new and different.
0: Wow. You're like a saint. Everything <laughs> that you do is like amazing. Like I'm helping cancer people get through their cancer. I'm helping people with dementia get through their dementia. What is it not you're not doing? What am I not doing? <laughs> My um goodness. I don't know. I um, are you feeding the homeless on weekends and <laughs> opening up orphanages for kids? Um, no, I'm saving
1: that for retirement.
0: <laughs> so, what is it like working with people with dementia? That is an amazing thing to do. It it has to be some. It has to be. I don't know how you say it. It has to be fulfilling in one way, but kind of sad in another.
1: Absolutely. Um. Okay, so I've been working um, in nursing homes and and with older adults for 11 years. Um, And I have had some of the coolest moments in my life, some of the saddest moments in my life, and some of um, the moments that I will take with me forever as a lesson, Um, because these people have really built the nation. Um, if you look at that generation ahead of us and the stories they can tell and the things they've done uh, unreal, and actually most of the time I feel honored that they'll, they'll share their experiences with me.
0: So, um, Oh, do you, it, do you have a cool story you can tell about it?
1: Oh, do I have a cool story I can tell about it? Yes. Um, yeah, um, and this is, this kind of goes hand in hand um, with, with, like, the different generations having different things. Like, our generation, we had the beginnings of computers. Um, I, I have worked with a gentleman that um, was in World War II. He and his friends enlisted um, in high school. And they got the physicals before they graduated, and um, they got approved, they graduated, and he said, well, and then they put me on a train, and I said, are we talking hours, days, weeks after you graduated, and he said, days, and so I'm thinking, and he's telling me this story, he's an 18-year-old kid, he just agreed to something. He has no idea what's going to happen. They put him on a train. He went through his training, um, and they had the, the ship, the queen Elizabeth, which was a luxury liner. Um, they gutted it and used it as a troop transport. And so he said there was about 15,000 boys really, um, that were on that ocean liner for four days and he said the worst part is that the ship um would would change course every so often and so the ship would actually list and lean as it was changing course and i looked at him and i said well why why is it going like that and he said the u-boats couldn't find us that way and i'm like you're 18 years old and you're worried about a u-boat finding
0: you that is crazy it's it's amazing what people in past generations have went through not saying that not to say that we haven't went through our own things because for example 9 11 alone was crazy but just think about being 18 years old they would be like okay you got to go off the war right right that such a young age, or just even just being like 18 years old, hey, we're having a draft. You're going. Right. You don't have a choice in the matter. Right. You go or you're a deserter, and we're gonna consider you a coward to our country. Right. That is like crazy. Yeah. And and they did it
1: with 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 honor and courage. I mean, they walked right into it and said, This is what we're gonna do. Um I'm I'm just I love hearing these stories and and I try to tell people these stories as much as I can, like my nephew. And um, I know my memory isn't fabulous. So I try to tell those stories as much as I can. So they live
0: on. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I think it's awesome that we live in the time that we live in today, because one of the reasons why I even do a podcast is because long after I'm gone. My voice will live on forever, you know. Right. Future generations can hear this, whether it's my kids or my grandkids or my great grands, or even people who don't even who don't even know me mm-hmm. can hear this. And be like, oh, this is what's going on at that time. Or this guy did this at this time. This is kind of was the talk of that generation. This was part of history, and I think it's cool that we have people who can do that. Yeah, it's fun to talk about video games and things you like too, but it's also fun to talk about people. And that's one of the reasons why I do my podcast the way I do it, because 60 years from now, somebody can just stumble upon this and say, oh, Jen Facula, I've heard of her. Oh, here's tell oh, the an interviewer. And you know, it's cool to have that out there. And it doesn't necessarily have to be this famous people like Jennifer Lopez or Kim Kardashian, all these famous people. It's just ordinary people talking and hearing Little stories about their lives and things that were groundbreaking to them that may not be groundbreaking to anybody else, but somebody could probably relate to that. Right. Absolutely. And that's why I think what we do, podcasting, what we do is important. Absolutely. That, yeah, definitely. I think it's been said to me before, and I'm going to just repeat it podcasting is like the new AM radio.
1: Very much so. Talk radio was such a big part of of the earlier generation. We keep going back. And yeah, you guys are carrying on the the tradition of expressing viewpoints and um, reaching out to more and more people than anyone can imagine.
0: Yeah, it's cool because with our voices and with podcasts, you can reach people all over the world. So and it, it means a lot when people listen, like people like Chad, who's constantly tweeting out links to the podcast and saying how much he enjoys it. It means a lot to me, and, I, and I'm quite sure it means a lot to people who, who Chad talk about. And when I was talking to Chad, I was like, hey, and when you reached out to me, I thought it was awesome for one thing. because I'm like, hey, we don't have, the devil High Spirit doesn't have enough women on the podcast. And that's something I, this podcast always wants diversity. It doesn't just want to be a a sausage fest, <laughs> per se. Right on. Yeah, it has like we have to have a different point of view from men, women, everybody, and that's what I always pride myself on. So, with that being said, yes. When is this event you're having? The when did it drop? When did you oh. go over the edge?
1: Okay, I'm going over the edge on September seventh.
0: That's not too far away. Thats about the way exactly.
1: yeah,'m I'm, I'm really excited. We're doing really well. Um, the center uses this um, fundraiser to pretty much fund the center for the year. Um, they do smaller events all the way through, you know, to kind of supplement, but this is the biggest way that they earn money. Um, to provide their services all year. So yeah. I'm ecstatic. We're going to have um, news and radio stations. And um, they said, be prepared. If if someone wants an interview, we might kind of push you in front of a camera. And it's I think it's going to be bigger than a lot of people think it's going to be.
0: So uh, how many people are doing it that you know of? I'm sorry. Say again? Uh, how many people are doing it are actually going over the edge?
1: Okay. They take 85 repellers. Ooh. Yeah. On Thursday, they'll do what they call a VIP day. Um, So they're trying to get the mayor of Toledo to go over. Um, They have some of the CEOs of some of the larger companies in this area and they're going over on those days. Um, They have like a big party going on all day. Um, And then on Friday, um, folks that have raised over a thousand dollars reserve the right to go over the edge. Um, and then if you hit um, 1500, you get your GoPro. And Chad said, when we started it, he said, you raise the thousand dollars and I guarantee that we'll get 1500. He's like, you're not doing this without the GoPro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I'm really aiming for is the $2,500. Um, but yeah, there's 85 repellers. I think right now they have 65 f- spots filled and we still have, you know, uh, a month to go. So I think they'll have all 85 filled quite easily.
0: Okay. How, w- let them know again, where are you at right now? How much money have you raised so far? That is a great question. <laughs> um, I
1: believe I'm at one thousand two hundred and ten dollars.
0: Okay, so perfect. We're at one thousand two hundred and ten dollars. Everybody out there, if you can donate at least a dollar, what what where to donate the money at?
1: Okay, they can go to. Um, did I seriously just space on the address?
0: <laughs> Let me. See.
1: O-T-E, the number four, victory. org, forward slash Jen-Fackler.
0: Okay, so everybody, I hope you guys got that. I'm going to try to get it and repeat it again, or I'm going to try to see if I can repeat it, if I can find it. Okay, okay I found it. Okay. O-T-E for org slash Jen-Fackler. If you guys want to follow her and you guys probably should follow her, it's at her. She's at Jen Fackler. You got your name on Twitter. That's a rarity,
1: (laughs) right? I think I'm Jen. Am I Jen Fackler or Jen Fackler? I think I'm Jen Fackler.
0: Oh, you're Jen Fackler. You got your name.
1: Yay.
0: I didn't get my name.
1: (laughs) It's very rare that people do. There's always like a number after or um, an abbreviation somewhere
0: or underscore (laughs) it's what 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 I have exactly of course so definitely that's awesome so far like I'm very excited for you it's gonna go swell yes is there anything else you want to say to everybody we're not going yet but about Mm -hmm. this whole thing anything that everybody needs to know about it
1: um you know what? We, we appreciate a dollar as much as we appreciate. Sorry. We appreciate, I I hate computers. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, We appreciate a dollar just as much as we appreciate $200. Um, Every little bit helps. Um, And uh, just, just remember it's, it's not that you're giving money to me. You're giving money to the people that really need the help and the support at at one of the worst times of their lives. So, yes, you're going through me to donate it, but it's not going to me. It's to people that really, really need the help and the love um, during a horrible part of their life.
0: I think that's beyond awesome that you're doing it. I think, shoot, everything you're doing, you're like a saint. Everything you're doing is like helping others. Have you always been that type of person?
1: Yes, always. Um, My mom (laughs) um, was a stay-at-home mom uh, in the late 70s. um, And then all the women were were going back to work. So she was kind of a rarity. um, And her church always sent people to um, the homebound or to the nursing home or the hospitals. And I wasn't in school yet. So guess who got taken to every hospital, nursing home and homebound person in the Cincinnati area. (laughs) Ta-da. So I I have always loved working with seniors. Um, I I've, I've always enjoyed it. And I truly feel like um, the best thing I can do in my life is to build someone else up and to help them. There's enough tearing down in this world. Let's let's build everybody up. Let's have the best life we can.
0: I couldn't say that any better myself. Good. You are awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) There's no other way I can say it. You're awesome, Jen. I definitely got to have you back on the podcast again to talk about other stuff. Once you smash this goal, hopefully, right. you will. Definitely. Very good. Anytime. Thank you for coming on. You've been awesome. Chad's Thanks. gonna come on soon eventually. Yep. I.
1: Are you still gonna talk to him tomorrow?
0: Most likely, ninety okay. percent sure of it. Very cool. Good. Good any last thing you want to say to everybody out there in podcast land just keep
1: doing what you're doing looking around for things that you can do to improve the world around you um keep supporting podcasters guess what if we don't support podcasters and the people that are um boosting up our culture um they go away So the best thing you can do is is keep boosting up these podcasters and and keep looking for good
0: stuff. I couldn't have said that any better myself. You are a (laughs) worse. Remember, guys, if you want to help out and you should help out, please donate at O-T-E for org slash gin. What is this? Dot, not dot. What is the slash, not dot. Dash, Dash, Fakler. How do I forget how to say Dash? What a <laughs> idiot! <laughs> the easy, okay. The easiest way to find it is because most people who look, listen to this podcast are on Twitter. Right up. Go to at Jen Fackler on Twitter. Correct. And then she has the link there. Right. And while you're there, say hi to her. She's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. And as always, double Cox Spirits. We are out. Peace. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, if you've been following me on Twitter, you know this episode is very important to me because somebody close to me, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, was sick from cancer. And as of this recording, that person's passed away. It was my uncle, I loved him very much. And he is no longer with us. So it's very important to support things like this because I wish there was something like this for my uncle, something to someone out there to help him in his time of need, not just only his family, but just people who cared. And I got to tell you, like, it means a lot to me that there are people out there like Jen, doing stuff with like with the Victory Center and these small non-profits and it was an honor to have him on my show. I appreciate it. Chaz definitely going to be on really soon. I've record- recorded that episode also promoting this thing that Jen's doing and it breaks my heart to have to say this on the podcast that my uncle lost his life recently. Like I said, this Episode probably wasn't supposed to come out for another week, but I, due to circumstances, I felt like it was, no no better time than now to put this episode out, just for people to hear it and support Jen and let her know, hey, thank you for what you're doing. Cause what she's doing is a godsend. And if you didn't hear before, I'm going to say it again. Her Twitter is Jen Fackler at J E N F A C K L E R. Make sure you support her and, let me before I go. Let me give you something, a little antidote about my uncle. My uncle was one of those guys who was, I guess you say he was quiet, but he was quiet because when he when he said stuff, it meant more. Like he didn't just talk to anybody off, off bat. He had to like you had to earn his trust, and even then he was a quiet, soft-spoken man. Most of the men in my family are that, indeed. They're soft-spoken and they're quiet. They don't tend to get into drama and stuff like that. So um I remember and I want to tell this story on the podcast. That's why I'm telling it right now. Because it's it meant so much to me to hear this. Cause like I said he's a soft smoking man and this kind of shocked me. Like one like he was this was one one of the first time when he was sick with cancer in the hospital and um he just was talking and he and he one he like he was he was just so riled up this day, and you know, you've been going through cancer treatments and stuff like that, and one of the things that shocked me that he said was, he was like, he just burst out, nobody brought it up, or anything like that, he just burst out and was like, the, the direction this country's going is crazy, because he doesn't like how the NFL players are being treated, so me hearing this, and like I said, I didn't bring this up, or anything like that, me hearing him say this perked my ear, because he is a veteran from the military, He served for, for this country. He was in the Army. So he was like, you know, we fight so they can kneel, so they can have the right to do what they want. And, you know, it's not whether we agree with it or not, but that's in their right. And, you know, he was saying that black people get pushed around and kicked around by society so much that it hurts his heart to see how the how when people stand up for things how they're getting kicked around and how they're being villainized and being treated like they don't love their country just because they want to see things better and this is something that he said he saw all his life when he when he was in the, going to the military when he was in the 70s and people was fighting for their rights things like with muhammad ali and stuff like that so and it shocked me to hear him say that because he never gets political by anything and then he started talking about the school shootings and how proud he was of those students who were sitting there and say they want to see gun reform and things like that, and he's a gun owner. He's very much a proud gun owner. and He was like, it's touching to him to see that these students out there protesting and fighting for what they want to see and it made him hopeful for the future. And I think that is one of the most memorable things I'm going to remember my uncle because, like I said, he was so soft-spoken, but in terms of, he wasn't salt like, he wasn't quiet in terms of his voice. He had a big, loud voice, but he was so soft-spoken in terms of he didn't say much. But when he said things, it mattered. And this was one of those moments where it mattered to me. Like, it touched me to hear him, even in his weak, frail state that he was at the time, just so adamant about rights and humanity and how he felt about things and how he wants to see society get better And how he wants to see black people and just people in in general get along, and how he wants to see us sit at a table together equally. And just, it touched me. Like, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. Um, Make sure you listen to next week. God bless.